of you here to the house of the Lord. Welcome to the Tree of Life Church. Can we give all of our guests a great big hand and a thank you to, to each and every one for being here today. And we, we give God the praise and the glory for what he is doing and, and, and what he is going to continue to do. We trust and believe that the Lord is going to minister to your heart and to your need today. And we're very grateful that you are here this morning. I'm personally very glad to be home. I have missed y'all. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. We have, we have had quite an amazing summer. It's been busy, but it's been blessed. And uh, I, I actually, over the last 30 days, from July 16 to August 16, we did some math and uh, I actually slept in my bed at home five nights from July 16 to August 16. And I thought, that's just ridiculous. I'm going home and going to bed. Praise the Lord. So we're just, I'm just glad to be here and, and to see all the smiling faces worshiping God. God bless each and every one of you. Let's give all of ourselves and those that have joined us today a great big hand. God bless you. Amen. Tree of Life is a special place, and uh, we're here for the healing of the nations through the healing of people. The gospel of Jesus Christ heals people. It heals all parts of the person, and so we're very grateful that you are here. I'm very glad to see the Vestal family. Let's give the Vestal family a great big hand. God bless them. Amen. We love and appreciate this family. Uh, Brother Vestal pastored for many years in, in Mason, Ohio, and they did, did a wonderful work there. Many souls came to God, and uh, he sits on the city council, uh, 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 the township, he's a township trustee in, uh, in Deerfield Township, and we thank God for his voice in government. Amen. He's a voice, a Christian voice in government, and we give God praise for that. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. And we honor them today. God bless you. And it's so good to see Brother Raul Rubio here from North Carolina. He's with us now in Cincinnati. God bless Brother Rubio. We're so thankful. Amen. Amen. And uh, it's very good to see the Heiser family and the Diley family. God bless them all the way from Georgia. They just came back home, and we're so glad to see them. God bless you. Amen. And I'm glad Jesus is in the house. I said, I'm glad Jesus is in the house because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I feel that liberty today. Amen. I'm reading this morning from 1 Kings chapter 21. 1 Kings chapter 21. While you're turning there, I do want to make just a couple of announcements. Uh, one is that this Saturday, uh, we're going to be having uh, an all Spanish-speaking service here at Tree of Life Church. God has been moving in our Spanish-speaking services, and we thank the Lord for that because there are many souls who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, if it's a language barrier, we're just going to climb up over that language barrier and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're very grateful for what the Lord is doing. That will be this Saturday evening. On this Sunday evening, a week from tonight, we'll be having our, our fourth annual one service our fourth annual one service. This is a celebration of a miracle that occurred in our city, and it, is, it involves uh, Tree of Life Church and Grace Point Church and Calvary Church because these three congregations 
uh, were all one congregation at one time. And uh, that, was, that was, of course, many years ago. And, uh, and, and through the years, uh, through the years they, they became three separate congregations. But, but in, four years ago, God did a mag, magnificent work, a miracle of unity in our city. And so we like to say that we have uh, a shared history and we have a shared destiny. Amen. And so this Sunday night, we're coming again for our fourth annual one service. Pastor Mark Morgan, the district superintendent of the Western District of the United Pentecostal Church uh, and pastors in San Francisco, California, will be our speaker. A powerful prophetic ministry. You will not want to miss it. That's this Sunday evening at Grace Point Church. God is doing great things. And I'm glad to be in the big middle of it. Are you glad to be in the middle of what God is doing? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Kings chapter 21 and verse 1. It came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. He laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him. And said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? He said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, y'all have heard that name before, his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, eat bread. Let your heart be merry. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. Sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. She wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him. Saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king." Then carry him out, stone him that he may die. The men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them and as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. They proclaimed a fast, set Naboth on high among the people. There came in two men, children of Belial, sat before him. The men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city, stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab had heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. I would like to preach with the backdrop of this great injustice that was done 
in this passage of Scripture to this man Naboth, I would like to preach on this subject, the value of the vineyard. The value of the vineyard. Could we just lift our voices in prayer over the Word of God and in praise to His name? Lord, I thank you for every soul that is represented in this place who will hear this word from your presence. I pray that your word will go forth with clarity, with love, with accuracy, with boldness. I pray in Jesus' name that you would gird us up by your mighty power and speak to our hearts. Heal us. Give us direction. Let the word of God be anointed as it enters the hearts of men, women, and children. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise for it, Lord. We honor your name in the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for standing. That's a long passage of scripture. Amen. To stand for. And I appreciate I appreciate your attention to the word of the Lord. I'm just touched this morning by the ever-present knowledge that God is good. He's really good. The Bible says that he is rich in mercy. The scripture says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And he shall supply all your needs. The scripture teaches us that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. The scripture teaches us <clears throat> the scripture teaches us that, that he daily loadeth us with benefits. There's an old song that says, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I have been blessed. And I have a testimony. Sometimes it's good just to look back over your life. <clears throat> and, and I like the next line. And think things over. Because when you do that, you're able to start kind of putting your finger on certain experiences of life. And saying, yes, even then God was good to me. Even in that trial or even in that circumstance that I didn't understand, God kept me. God watched over me. He looked after me and he, he encamped round about me. When I didn't think I would ever feel peace again, God gave me a peace that passes understanding. And, and we can do that. We can think things over. Then there are certain experiences of life that are, are a trial because of, of not, not the randomness of a trial or even the, even the, the difficulty of, of un. Uh, you know, tribulation that you don't know why it came, but there's some tribulation you know exactly why it came. You brought it on yourself. And, and even in those cases, you're able to look back and say, God was merciful to me. He was forgiving of me. I, I got myself into a, a mess, and, and God reached down in his loving mercy, and he lifted me out of the quagmire I had created for myself. Anybody can testify to that today? God is good. He is a good God. I know that he's a great God, but he's not just a great God. He's a good God. He's great in power, but, but, but he actually applies that power in such a good and noble way. He is truly your best friend. 
the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He, he truly is so good to us. And, and, and the Bible says that he knows the thoughts that he has for us. That they are thoughts of good and not of evil. Thoughts of peace that, that he desires to give us an expected end. That, and I can look back on my life and I can see moments where God was trying to be good to me and I was stubborn. Or I was defiant, or I was rebellious, or I was arrogant, or I was ignorant. And, and yet through it all, God remained good to me. I, I'm telling you, I don't deserve to be able to stand in His presence. I'm just thankful to be here this morning, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting, magnifying the name of the Lord. I have found so many times if I'll just let Him, He'll bless me. If I'll, just, if I'll just open myself up to him, he will, in fact, bless me. God is good. And, and, and when he describes his goodness to us in the scriptures, he, he, he gives us analogies and gives us metaphors uh, that we can understand it. In fact, he created the earth so that he could then point to certain things on the earth and say, see that? That's what I've done for you in a spiritual sense. And one of those things is a vineyard. He, he teaches us through nature many times how he provides for us. A vineyard is a place where good things grow. Fruit abounds in a vineyard. And it is to be full of fruit. It is to be full of life. It is to be full of vitality. That's what God wants for you. And that's what God wants for me. He wants our lives to be full to overflowing of precious fruit. And, and what fruit am I talking about? I, I, when I speak of fruit, make sure you know. Anytime you hear me talk about fruit, I'm not talking about apples and oranges. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking about love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and goodness and meekness and temperance and patience and faith. And yes, even long-suffering. Our lives are to abound with the beautiful, the Bible calls it, peaceable fruit of righteousness. We are to be continually overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit of God. It is our lives were meant to be lived in a vineyard of sorts in the presence of the Lord. In fact, the Bible describes this in Isaiah chapter 5. I'm going to, to read to you uh, what the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah because Isaiah speaking with the with the mind and the mouth of God, he gives us an idea of God's plan and then how many times it gets interrupted by man's defiance. He said in the fifth chapter, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He fenced it, gathered out the stones thereof, Planted it with the choicest vine, built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. This is many times how it works. God gives us so many blessings. He gives us a vine, and he gives us a wine press, and he gives us a fence, and he gives us a garden. And he positions us into his presence. 
only for us, for some inexplicable reason, to get bored with his blessings. To become somewhat, somewhat, you know, just kind of, it becomes tedious or monotonous. And we begin to drift away from what the Lord would have for us. Of course, one of the ways that we see this very emphatically stated in the scriptures is in the very first garden we encounter in the Bible. A garden of absolute pure pleasure that God had given to man and to woman and said, I give you all of this that is inside this garden. Every bit of it belongs to you. Tend to it. Keep it. Value it. Care for it. And appreciate it. And live in it. And thrive in it. And, and, and the only thing is, don't touch that tree. Because that tree carries in it the knowledge of good and evil. And that's not for you. But, but, but all the other trees are for you. And, and leave it to, to man. To look at all the blessings of God and to focus their attention on the one thing God said you can't have. And, and we can point our fingers at Adam or Eve all we want. We'd have done the same thing and you know it, you know good and well you'd have done the same thing. Because it's just the way we are. We grow tired of blessing. We grow tired of mercy. We grow tired of his, of his righteousness. And we start looking to the things of this world. And God is desperately calling to somebody today saying, return unto me. Come back to my blessing. You know, some people go from God and into sin looking for some kind of elusive pleasure. You will not find pleasure in sin. It will last for a season, which means that it's not really pleasure at all. It's a false pleasure. Pleasure is noted by the fact that it lasts forever. See, in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. But when you leave his presence and you look to the world for your pleasure, you're going to find heartache instead of pleasure. You're going to find pain instead of blessing. You're going to find sorrow instead of some kind of a beautiful benefit that God would place in your life and Eve grew tired of it and Adam grew tired of it and they walked willingly out of the blessing of the Lord and here God had given them a garden God had given them a vineyard and they walked willfully away from the presence of the Lord forbid it almighty God that we would ever walk away from the blessing of the Lord in our life I want you to understand that God has given you blessings God has bestowed his rich rewarding blessings in your life cherish those blessings love God honor God worship God Relish his peace. Enjoy the goodness of his grace. Don't grow tired of the grace of God. Don't get bored with the gospel message. Rejoice in the God of your salvation. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. 
I'm going to tell you what, when you come into the church of the living God, you come into a brand new vineyard. You come into a garden of new pleasure. You come into a place where all you've got to do is lift up your hands and begin praising the Lord. And as you begin praising the Lord, peace begins to fall on you and joy begins to well up inside of you and love begins to settle you. Anybody here know what I'm talking about when I say that he's as close as the mention of his name? Is there anybody here that knows what I'm talking about? When I say that if you lift up your heart unto him and praise him, he will transport you from that place of suppressed, oppressive feeling into a glorious courtyard of, of abounding fruit and righteousness and peace. I mean, you literally can leave the junk of your life at the doorstep, walk into his presence, lift up his name. You know what, Beth and that, you can bring the junk with you, lay it down at the altar and say, God, I don't want it. I want you. I want you. I want you. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I need the peace of God in my life. I need the grace of God in my life. I need the joy of the Lord in my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My willpower is not my strength. My brain power is not my strength. My abilities, that's not my strength. Whatever gift or talent I may or may not have, that's not my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And it grows all around me in His presence. Hallelujah. Turn the radio off and get into His presence. Turn the TV off and get into His presence. Log off the internet and get into His presence. Walk away from bad influences and get into the presence of the Most High God. And joy is growing all around you and peace is growing all around you. I mean, it's a garden. It's a vineyard. You, 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 you walk out of this nasty, terrible society world that we live in that's full of death and negativity, that's full of destruction, violence, hatred, malice. That's what is in this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Walk away from that and enter into the vineyard of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. Repent from your sins. Your sins are what is causing the chaos in your mind. Your sins are what is causing the fear and the worry. My goodness, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. 
I'm just going to tell you this. One of the reasons that there's a constant fear and worry that, that, that weighs on your mind is that deep down inside your soul, you know there is a judgment pending. And you always feel like somewhere there's going to be hiding behind some corner some kind of consequence that's waiting for whatever you have in your past or whatever the devil has planted in your mind. In this vineyard, you give that stuff to God. You hand that over to God. And you say, Lord, I believe the truth of your salvation. I believe the truth of being baptized in your name that you washed away my sins. I believe in the truth of being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe, God, that where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. I believe, God, that your strength is made perfect in weakness. I believe that your grace is sufficient for me. I believe that you'll never leave me and that you'll never forsake me. I believe. I'm going to keep going until somebody believes it. I believe you're a very present help in trouble. I believe you're a strong and a mighty tower. I believe you're a refuge and a fortress from the enemy. I believe. If you're having trouble believing that, come into the vineyard. Walk up and down the aisles of the vineyard. When you need faith, reach over and grab a cluster of faith. Hallelujah. No, you can take this whole world. But give me Jesus. I, I, I want Jesus. I need Jesus. And, and I'm going to tell you, Tree of Life Church is a vineyard. And, and that's why we're the tree of life. And Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. And if any branch abide in him and his words abide in us, then we will bring forth much fruit. Hallelujah. The person next to you has got fruit growing off of them. That's why when you shook their hand and they said, praise the Lord, with a big smile on their face and said, it's good to see you. And we better have greeted people that way this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're going to be mean and sarcastic and rude, don't tell them you come to the Tree of Life Church. Don't do that. Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. But, but, but you need to have fruit flowing out of you, falling off of you. There's somebody that walks into this room. They need a bite of peace. They need to nibble on joy. They need love. They've had enough of the, of the world's problems hoisted onto their shoulders. Let them walk into this vineyard. This is a vineyard that is sanctioned by the Most High God. He planted this vineyard. This isn't our vineyard. This is His vineyard. We're blessed to be in this vineyard. We're blessed to be in this vineyard. Don't start thinking you own this thing. Don't start thinking that everybody owes you something. We are blessed to be here. We need to be humbled to be here. We need to say, God, thank you for letting me stand in the assembly of the righteous. I should be cast aside with the transgressors. But you've allowed me by your merciful grace to stand in the assembly of the firstborn. And I praise you, value, value, value the vineyard, value the vineyard. It's a blessed thing. 
It's a blessed place. We're going to value the vineyard. Naboth valued the vineyard. He valued the inheritance of his fathers. He said it's not for sale. This is the inheritance that my fathers gave to me. Ahab came to him and said, I have a better vineyard for you. And I'll give you a better vineyard. It's more modern. It looks nicer. The grapes may taste better. I've got a better vineyard for you. Naboth said, I think you've misunderstood the kind of person I am. I value this thing that God has given to me. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, we better value this thing that God has given to us. I'm going to tell you that I value the moving of the Holy Ghost. I value the moving of the Holy Ghost. You like what you feel here in this place? Do you like what you feel in the presence of the Lord? Listen, that's not just because... It's not some program that somebody put together. That's, that's not some neat, clever idea that somebody put together. It is the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what you're feeling right now. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You can have the more modern. You can have the better tasting grapes. Give me the gift of the Holy Ghost. Give me the power of the Holy Ghost. Give me the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Give me the fruit of the Spirit. I want the real thing. I won't trade the oneness of God for anything in the world. You hear what I'm telling you? We've got to value the vineyard. Our God is one Lord. He is one Lord. His name is Jesus Christ. He is one Lord. He is not a pantheon of gods. There are not multiplied millions of gods. He doesn't need a God over the sea and a God over the sun and a God over the grass and a God over the cows. And he doesn't need all that. He is one Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, hallelujah. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. And God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory, seen of angels. And he lives in us. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I won't trade that for anything. I value this vision. I don't want the fake. I don't want the carnal. I want Jesus. I want the Holy Ghost. I want talking in tongues. I want anointing. I want remission of sin. I value, I value separation under the Lord. I value it. It's a beautiful vineyard, the doctrine of separation. People sometimes rebel against it because they don't want to be separated from the pleasures of the world. The doctrine of separation does not just separate you from the pleasures of the world. It separates you from the sorrow. Of the world. We do not sorrow as the world sorrows. 
I don't want any part of it. I'm here to reach the world. I'm here to preach the gospel to the world. I'm here to preach the gospel to every creature. And you can't evangelize a world that has converted you. No, no, this is a vineyard God gave us. Yes, we look different, we sound different, we dress different, we act different. Because this is a beautiful vineyard that God has given us. And we better value it and not sell it for anything. But say, God, thank you. My God have mercy. Listen, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a saw. He put a song in my soul today, a song of his praise. Hallelujah. Value the vineyard. Care for it. Hallelujah. I value the worship that we have in our church. I value the love that we have for one another. I value the compassion that we have for those who are hurting. I value the camaraderie of brotherhood and sisterhood. I I value the vineyard. It's not for sale. It's not for sale, Ahab. It's not for sale. It's not for sale. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what else is a vineyard that God gave you? Your family's a vineyard God gave you. Don't you sell that out. Eve, this is a precious thing. When the serpent comes into the beautiful garden that God gave you, don't talk to that unclean devil. You know, there's a lot of people who let the serpent into their homes, let the serpent into their minds, let the serpent into their relationships. Let me, let me explain something to you. Because some people say, well, you know, I, 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 I watch this or I listen to that. And I know it's not really all that good for me, but you gotta, you got to glean the good. Let me explain something to you. I'm just going to answer it with Scripture. The thief comes not. But for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There's no place where the thief has come to benefit your marriage. Or bless your home. The thief did not do that. The thief has three objectives. One of those objectives is to steal. One of those objectives is to kill. And one of those objectives is to destroy. You're not going to glean any good from entertaining the thief in your life. This is a precious vineyard that God has given you. The scripture says that your children are like olive plants round about thy table. And you don't see them as that. You see them as first graders. And you see them as, as if we can just get them to be 18 and out of the house. And, and you, you, you see them in a certain light. No, no, no. That's a, that's a garden God has given you. That's a vineyard God has given you. You protect those little olive plants. <laughs> Nurture them and teach them and live Christ-like before them. Hallelujah. You let them see Jesus in you. Let them see Jesus in the way you treat people. Let them see Jesus in what you won't do. Places you won't go. Stuff you won't watch. Things you won't say. And let them see Jesus in the things you will do. The places you do go. And how you treat those around you. Yeah. No, no, Eve, the serpent. The serpent trying to get you to... To somehow be bored with the blessing of God in your life. That's a lie of the devil. Walk away. Flee it. Run from it. 
You know, one of, the, one of the scariest words that we use all the time is this word right here, entertain. Anybody familiar with that word, entertain? How about an entertainer? How about entertainment? It's a terrifying word. That little suffix, T-A-I-N, it means to hold. We use it in words like maintain, or obtain, attain, detain, pertain, contain. It means holding. When we are entertained, it means we're allowing something to enter and hold. Oh, it's just entertainment. Don't get so... No, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's coming into your marriage and it's getting a stronghold. It's coming into your home and it's getting a stronghold on your children's mind, on your spouse's mind, on your home life. Let me tell you what needs to entertain you. This needs to entertain you. Hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. People's reactions to entertainment are all spiritual. Laughing and crying and becoming afraid. All of that. That's drama. I mean, the, 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 very, the very compartmentalization of entertainment is all spiritual. What do you want? Comedy, drama, horror, sci-fi. What do you want? You want something to scare you? Something to make you cry? What, what do you want to watch? It's all spiritual. And everything spiritual should be experienced in the presence of the Lord. Otherwise, things are entering and obtaining. Yeah. Not in this vineyard. No, no, no. I value this vineyard. I value this vineyard. And you know, I stand before you today unworthy, but blessed of God. I have been blessed of God. I, I have a vineyard that my great-grandfather gave to my grandfather. And, and that vineyard my grandfather gave to my father. And that vineyard my father gave to me. And so it means something to me. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than, than my however long I'm going to live. It's bigger than that little span of time. It was passed down from, from Abraham to Andrew Urshan to Joel. And I thank God every day. And, and maybe, and maybe... And maybe you are the patriarch of your family. Maybe, maybe your great-grandfather didn't pass it down to you. Maybe you're the first one in your family that has, that has appreciated this vineyard. God bless you. Value that. And determine in your heart that I'm going to pass this on to my children. I want them to care for the blessing of the Lord in their life. I want them to know God gave us this vineyard. God gave us this vineyard. I won't let the devil have it. No, you can't have my marriage. No, you can't have my family. No, you cannot have my children. No, 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 no. You can't have my church. No, you can't have my brother, my sister. No, God gave me this garden. And I will obey him. And I will, I will stand pure in his sight. Purified by his great grace. Hallelujah. Now... In Naboth's situation, and folks, this is one of the most unjust things that recorded in the scriptures. I mean, this is a terrible thing that happened. Naboth is, 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 is maintaining this vineyard that God gave him. His fathers passed it down to him. This has been in the family a long time, and it is situated against the palace. And Ahab walks up to him and says to him, I want the vineyard. Why? 
because I like it. And I want to make it a garden of herbs. I want to change the consistency of the whole thing. I want to make it something more palatable and something that I can control. I got a better one for you. I'll give that to you. No, I'm not interested in that. Well, then, money. The universal language. Everybody's got a price. Oh, no, they don't. See, because my Bible tells me to buy the truth, and then once you've bought the truth, you don't ever sell it. I don't care how good the market's doing. You don't sell the truth. Listen, I, I, don't care, I don't care how much money they'll give you, how much fame they'll give you. I don't know how much approval, care how much approval they'll give you. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Once you get the truth, you hold on to that thing until you're walking on streets of gold. You hold on to that thing until you can lay your crowns down at his feet. Don't you let bitterness take it from you. Don't you let resentment take it from you. Don't you let betrayal. Don't let the lust of the flesh take it from you. Don't let carnality or the pride of life take it from you. You buy the truth and the don't ever sell it. Oh, but in Ahab's world, everybody's got a price. So I'm going to give you money or I'll give you a better vineyard. And Naboth was an anomaly in his world. He looked at Ahab. He had, folks, his garden was hard against the palace. It's like having property on Pennsylvania Avenue. It was worth something. He was going to, he would never have another financial worry for the rest of his, his children, or his grandchildren's lives. And some people can sit back and, and calculate and justify why it would have made sense to sell to Ahab. But Naboth stood resolute and said, No, I will not sell my vineyard to you. Can't do that. No, it means too much. I value it too much. Ahab walked away, went into his chambers and was sad the Bible says he was heavy with sadness he's, he, he's, he's moping his wife who you know is just an evil person Jezebel says why are you so sad he said because mean old Naboth won't sell me his vineyard I offered him a better vineyard I offered him to name the price and he would not sell the vineyard to me. And Jezebel said, and this is what the spirit of Jezebel does. Is she'll try to make you feel like less of a man for standing for righteousness. She'll try to make you feel like less of a person for standing for truth. And she looked at Ahab and said, are you serious? Are you the king or not? You go and take the vineyard. Never mind, I'll do it. Give it to me. Give me, your, this, give me your pen. Give me your seal. I'll take care of this. And she puts together this horrific resolution, this edict from the king's own seal that says that she's going to have the elders and the leaders of the land to, to find two false witnesses, two children of Belial. Belial, a worthless, it means worthless, and, and it is a deceiver, something that will just lie. Children of Belial, who will stand up and will falsely witness against Naboth and will have him stoned, will have him killed, will take the vineyard. And they did that. They did that. Now, in Naboth's case, you see, see, he had a king that he was dealing with by the name of Ahab. Ahab was a weak king. Ahab had heritage. But he also had a lust for the things of the world. 
Ahab was related to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he also had a lust for the things of the world. Ahab had heritage. But he also had a lust for the things of the world. And if you have a lust for the things of the world, eventually it will bring you into union with the spirit of Jezebel. And so when he comes into union with the spirit of Jezebel, everything changes. Ahab would have never, he wasn't going to, he would have never walked into Naboth's vineyard and forcefully removed it from the man. Ahab wouldn't. But when he came into union with the spirit of Jezebel, see, there was a side of Ahab that that, that was connected back to the patriarchs of Israel. There was a side of Ahab that was connected back to the heritage of God's people. But there was this other side of him that really liked the things of this world. And let me tell you something. You may think you'll never get rid of your vineyard. You may think you'll never sell out to the world. You may think you'll never sell out to the enemy of your soul. You would never let your marriage be violated by the serpent in the garden. You would never let your home be attacked. You No, no, no. Let me tell you what part of you will. The part of you that lusts for the things of the world. There is a part of you. Listen, Naboth was set. He was determined. I'm determined never to let this go. But there is one power that can take the vineyard. It matters who is king. Who's king in your life? That matters. Because when nothing else can dissuade you or persuade you from what God has given you. There is a reigning authority in your world. The question is, who is your king? In Naboth's case, his king was a carnal king married in union with a wicked woman. And it was the demise of Naboth. Oh, if David had been his king, it would have been a different story. David was totally different than Ahab. David was a righteous king. David was a man after God's own heart. No, no, no misunderstanding. He had his flaws. He had major faults, but he laid them down before the Lord. When David would make a mistake or when David would commit a sin, he would come to God in sackcloth and ashes and say, Create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Lord, remove not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And David had a pure heart before God. The scripture says that David needed property. There was a time when he numbered the people of Israel. And the judgment of God came upon the people because of David's decision. And the Lord said, go to the threshing floor of Arana and offer there a burnt offering unto me. And the plague upon the people will stop. So David needs Arana's threshing floor. And as he's on his way to Arana's threshing floor, Arana sees him coming. And that Jebusite, Arana, said, O king, live forever. What is it that you need? David said, I need your threshing floor. Arana said, I will give it to you. See the difference between David and Ahab? Ahab couldn't couldn't get Naboth to accept a major reward of finance. But David just walks onto the property and Arana says, it's yours, whatever you need. And and, and David said, I won't won't do that. He said, I will not offer sacrifice upon a piece of property that costs me nothing. You tell me how much it's worth and I will give you what this property is worth in money. There's a difference between an unrighteous king and a righteous king. There's difference between 
when the Lord is the king of your life and when the adversary is ruling and reigning in your thoughts and in your decisions. And it matters in your life who is king. See, the scripture says that, that Saul really liked David at first because David could slay giants and David could drive away evil spirits. And, and, and David would play his harp and, and Saul would hear it and the evil spirits would flee and David would slay Goliath and, and Saul didn't have to fight him. David was the giant killer and David was pretty useful to have around for killing giants and for driving away evil spirits. That was great. But don't try to be king. I'm king. I'm the one who sits on the throne. And we treat Jesus that way. We want Jesus to drive away our evil spirits. And we want Jesus to slay our evil giants. But we don't want Jesus to be king. See, it matters who is king in your life. It matters who sits on the throne of your soul. Is it Ahab or is it David? Is it you or is it Jesus? Is it your flesh or is it the spirit? Is it the love of God or is it the love of the world? What is it that sits upon the throne of your life? Because I will guarantee you one day you'll lose your vineyard unless the Lord is the king of your life. Oh, no, I would never, I would never. Oh, yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. If you love this world, you'll, you have a price tag. If you love this world, you'll give it all up in a heartbeat. You, you'll spend eternity in torment because of the love you have for the world around you. And I've come to implore you in the name of Jesus Christ to overthrow whatever king you have on your throne. Because Naboth didn't have a choice. But thank God you've got a choice. You don't have to put up with Ahab for another day. You can say it today in this altar, in this moment, in this hour, in this service. You can say, Jesus! Jesus! You can cry to him from the belly of a whale and he will hear you. You can cry to him from a Philippian jailhouse and he will hear you. You can cry to him from a lion's den and he will hear you. Jesus, be the king of my life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody, just tell him, hallelujah. Somebody tell him, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody tell him, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Come on, all across this building, I praise you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Come on, enter into his gates right now. Come on, enter into the vineyard of God right now. Come where there is healing. Come to where there is salvation. Come to where there is peace. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I wonder if you could stand with me right now in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what you did yesterday, what you did this morning, what you did last week, what you did 20 years ago. I want everybody in this room right now to lift up your hands unto the Lord. Go ahead and lift up your hands unto the Lord and just say, I need you, Jesus. Go ahead. I want you to begin to praise him now all across this place. Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you. 
If you've got something in your heart or in your spirit that you need to give over to God, I want you to give it to Him right now. There's an enemy trying to steal your vineyard. He's trying to steal your family. He's trying to steal your, your blessing, your anointing. He wants to take from you all the good things God has given you. And in the name of Jesus, we come against that with the word of our God. Hallelujah. We come against it with the word of our God. In the name of Jesus, I want somebody right now to just pour out your soul under the Lord. Pour out your soul under the Lord. You feel powerless. You feel powerless against what the enemy is bringing against you. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the power of the Holy Ghost fill you, hallelujah, to overflowing and give you a new joy and new life. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. Let it pour out of you right now. Let it pour out of you right now. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, don't leave this place without new victory in Jesus. Don't leave this place without new victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't leave this place without new victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Years ago, I was preaching in Georgia. And as I was preaching in Georgia, I was, I was being taken from the airport to the hotel and as we were driving down the interstate, anybody ever been through Georgia or the south, east? You've probably seen something called kudzu. Anybody know what kudzu is? Amen. Some Georgians know what kudzu is. I was like, what is that? Because it, it actually looked beautiful, but it was like an ivy that covered whole stretches of tree lines. And I said, what, what, what am I looking at? And they said, that's, that's kudzu. I said, what's kudzu? They said kudzu is, a, is, a, is an ivy that was brought in at the late 19th century from Asia, and they planted it, and they had a particular purpose for planting it, but, but what they didn't realize is that kudzu travels at a dramatic pace, and they don't know how to control it. And so it's actually covering whole wooded areas. And it's, it's traveling at an alarming rate. And this was like, now, and I'm going to give you my age. This was like 1996. And they said, and I don't know that these, that, these, that these statistics are true, but they said it travels at like, at like a mile a minute or a foot a day. A foot a day. Close, mile a minute, foot a day. Somewhere in that ballpark. And I thought, a foot a day? My goodness, I'm, 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 by the time 2018 rolls around, there's going to be nothing but kudzu. But I drove up through Georgia in 2018 last week, and I saw a little kudzu here, and a little kudzu there, and a little kudzu here, and a little kudzu there. And I thought to myself, what looked like it was going to overtake the whole state of Georgia in 1996 has been cut back 
and the vineyard is thriving again. And I don't know, I don't know what you think is happening in your life right now. Maybe you think things are growing out of control and you can't get a handle on it and, and it's a foot a day or a mile a minute and you're trying to get it under control and you're thinking to yourself, you know, one day this is going to spiral out of control and I'll have no control over it. I've come to tell you in the name of Jesus, God wants to give you your vineyard back. God wants to give you the garden of pleasure back. God wants to put you back into a place of blessing. You listen, the fear of God is healthy. You need to fear the Lord. But this is, this is the fear of the Lord. You need to always know that God is great. And that God is all powerful. And that, 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 that you are blessed to be alive. And, and you should be humbled in the presence of such a great, magnificent God. Who does not have to love you, but he does. That's fearing the Lord. You should not fear that God will do some evil thing to you. If you have sin in your life and you fear that the judgment of God is going to fall on you, I want you to give that sin to God right now and walk free from that. Walk free from that. Walk free from that. Hallelujah. Walk away from the pending judgment in Jesus' name and say, Lord, I live for you. I walk in covenant with you. The mercy of the Lord abounds about me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Lay it down right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord with me right now. Lift your hands to the Lord with me right now in this place. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I'm opening these altars for somebody to come in the name of the Lord and say, God, I want you to bless this vineyard. I want you to bless this garden. Lord, I want you to bless this garden in my life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I appreciate what you've given me. I want somebody to come thanking God. I want praisers to come praising God. Come on, I want somebody to come down to the front of this house. Hallelujah. God bless brother and sister Butler. I want you to come down and just come down praising God. Come down singing unto the Lord. Thanking God for your marriage and thanking God for peace of mind. If you've been healed in your body, you need to come forward. Thanking God for the health you have in your body. In the name of Jesus. Come on, come down magnifying God. Lift up the name of Jesus. Praise Him in the face of your adversary. Praise Praise Him in the face of your enemy. Praise Him in the face of your enemy. Come on, it's time to value the vineyard again. It's time to value the vineyard again. Come on, let this walk of God, let this walk with God mean something to you. No, this is my walk with God. You can't have my walk with God. You can't have it. God gave it to me. God gave it to me. Yes, Lord. Come on, value it. God is good. God is good. God is so.